How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there, everyone. We're locked in for episode 201 of Locked On Thunder, presented by the Norman Transcript. I'm your host, Fred Katz. Locked On Thunder is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Head out to iTunes, search Locked On Thunder, subscribe to the podcast there. Leave a review once you're on that page and find us on audioboom.com. You can also log on to normantranscript.com. You can check out my blog, Thunder Road. It's under the sports tab on the site. You can see all my Thunder coverage there. I'm on just Tuesdays and Thursdays now, no more no more Monday through Friday week. I'm going to come back with three or four or five days a week. I'm not quite sure when, and I'm not quite sure whether it's going to be three, four, or five, but it's going to be one of those at some point in, in the coming weeks, sometime before before the end of June, because the end of June, you got the draft, you got MVP announcement, and then obviously beginning of July is Summer League, as well as obviously free agency and that kind of stuff. So I'll be on more frequently then. For now, though, I'm just Tuesdays, Thursdays. Today, we are doing a Thunder Yearbook edition. And uh, who other than uh, we got television, local celebrity, I'm going to say local celebrity, Nikki K. Fred, you also forgot to mention the fact that I was your first friend in Oklahoma. So you're welcome. That's true. <laughs> you, were you, wait, is, is that true? Were you my first friend in Oklahoma? Yes, I was definitely your first friend in Oklahoma. And I even stayed your friend after you asked yourself a question at your first post-game press conference, <laughs> and by asking yourself, I mean you meant to ask Kevin Durant a question. Were 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 you or was Nick Gallo my first friend? I, oh my gosh, that is like I'm actually insulted now. I was your first friend, <laughs> or was or was Royce Young my first friend because I kind of knew him before I came here? Okay, well, cyber relationships don't count as friendships. <laughs> <laughs> And also, I'd just like to point out the fact to all the listeners, Fred's been asking me on all season long. I was like, Fred, not big enough yet, not big enough yet. So you hit your 200th episode. That's when I finally DM'd you back. Yeah, I've been, I've been, (laughs) are you accusing me of sliding into your DMs? Yeah, you definitely slid. Okay, so today we're doing Thunder Yearbook. Mm -hmm. Exactly what it sounds like. We're doing yearbook, yearbook superlatives. We're not showing pictures. That would be hard on a podcast. Uh, we're, we're just doing yearbook superlatives. We got a bunch called up. We don't know who our other answers are, but we did get together and, uh, what did we do? We came up with some categories and, uh, you got, you got yours out. You ready to go? Yes, I did. Quick, quick question, Fred Katz. What did you win? What was your superlative in high school? Uh, I got best nickname. Yes. I got, I got most likely to return as faculty. All right. Working on that one. And I kind of got one, which I didn't really get. So one of them, one of them was most likely to hook up in the lounge. <laughs> no way. Yeah, that was one of the categories. <laughs> and, and like, my, one of my best friends, it, it, was, it was a top three for all of them. 
And for most likely to hook up in the lounge, it was like one of my one of my really good friends, Raph, who just like likes creeping up on people and doing weird things to them to this day, still does. And so most likely to hook up in the lounge, like number three was me and him, but number two was him and another one of my friends, and number one was him and the wall. Wow. So he really took the cake on that one. Yes. I mean he he <laughs> he really took the cake. So I, I consider that more his superlative than Okay. What did you get? Oh, well, I was biggest teacher's pet. And then I almost got most likely to succeed. So I guess that means I'm just average. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're almost likely to succeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, congrats. You made it. You made it onto Lockdown Thunder. So congrats. Yes. You succeeded. Okay, best dressed. Thunder, Thunder yearbook. Best dressed. Who you got? Okay, well, I want to say with all my, my uh, choices today – I came in with the mindset of being creative and not impulsive. So I'm was really tempted to pick Russell Westbrook. I truly love his fashion, actually. Everything that's horrific, I love it. But I went with Steven Adams. What about you? Oh, you wait. Why'd you <laughs> Steven Adams wears like sweatpants? Why'd you go with Steven yeah, Adams? Yeah, because it's brilliant. Like he's the le- <laughs> he's the less kemp the least kempt person on the team. And I don't know why he wears a camo. He wears like that camo hoodie, right? And it's not like fake camo. It's like real hunter camo. Yes, he wears and he wears a camo thunder hat as well. It's I mean, camo that, a lot. <laughs> and he has. I don't know when the last time he cut his hair or shaved his beard was. Like genuinely, like normally guys say they don't shave their beard, but you you can tell they you know groom it. I don't think he's even touched his face with. Uh, shaving supplies. No, he has. Uh, I asked him about it in Phoenix like uh-huh. a month ago. I asked him about his beard and uh, he just kind of looked at me and said, yeah, it's gross, right? <laughs> I remember at exit interviews when he said he'd, he'd finally cut his hair when it started yielding diminishing returns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not necessarily fashion, but I just really appreciate that he wears... Um, he has a rotation of like three T's uh, and, you know, he's got his thunder sweatpants. And I think he I think he's trying to make a point of it just being very minimal. Also, I'm sure that's just part of who he is. But uh, I, I appreciate that. And what about yourself? What, who'd you pick? I'm Victor Oladipo because I like his accessories. Yeah, his hats. And his and his bags. And his shoes. He always has really nice backpacks. Yes. Yes. He has, he has one backpack that I love. That's like so it's that one with like the it's got like legitimately has like sixteen like small wallet sized pockets on the back. Oh, that's so convenient. And I I have no idea what one would put in those pockets because you need to it's it's really like a small wallet. And it's only really convenient if you have sixteen wallets. So I'm not quite sure what you do with like the other fifteen, and you need to have a small wallet in order to fit it. Maybe that's why you need sixteen of them. But I, I don't think you can actually put anything in those pockets aside from like change. But it's an awesome looking backpack, and I really like that. So the backpack is giving me Victor Oladipo. He accessorizes very well. I feel like I'm always complimenting him on his shoes, not to be like, or not complimenting, but just being like, I like your shoes. And then I realize that's complimenting. I- yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Well, and I realized I say it a lot and then it kind of where it wears down the effect of the compliment, obviously, but I genuinely mean it. You know, I'm not just telling people I like their shoes unless I really like them. So, but I, 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 uh, I give you two thumbs up on that, that, yeah. uh, vote. 
Yeah, I, I, Vic, Vic is Vic's pretty stylish guy. Most guys, most NBA players are pretty stylish. With the exception of Stephen Adams. That's yes, with the exception of Stephen Adams. He went the ironic. He, he's like yes. he's like the like Mugatu's derelict campaign. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's uh like but like most guys are pretty stylish. Robertson's pretty stylish. Jeremy Grant's pretty stylish. Uh, um, yeah, and they they all are starting to kind of mimic each other too. Well, at least I I feel like it could be a prevailing theme from locker room to locker room. You know, like. And and I guess that's totally sensible. Like your teammates are, you know, people you coexist around for the majority of your time. And so you, you see something they're, they're wearing and looking good and then you start picking it up too. But some of Russell's trends haven't necessarily uh, been pervasive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, what you got? What you got for best dunk? This one was not in my yearbook, but. Um, oh, I, I mean. Did we do, did we do best dunk or best dunker? Um, we did best dunk, but I just felt like so shady putting voting in someone who wasn't Jeremy Grant in this category. Even though like the, that double clutch one by Vic over um, uh, Dwight against Atlanta that was unreal. And right, isn't that up for one of the best uh, yes, dunks? Yes, it is. That was actually my pick for best dunk. Okay, okay. I just I I had to just put I just wrote in Jeremy on this one, like because I. Watching him with the ball near the rim is a spectacle, and I love it. Yeah, no, he's the best dunker. I yeah. agree. I agree. He's the best dunker. He, uh, but I don't think he has one of the top two or three dunks. But I think he's consistently the best dunker. Like he, he gets so high, and he he throws it down so hard. It's crazy. It's, it's every like, time. It, there was one. I, I was watching back some of the dunks when we had this category. There was a, he had a pretty nice up and under against Memphis, which I just liked. But like, I I get what you're saying. There was no exclamation point dunk by him that kind of was like that stands out in your head. I also loved Russell's over Boogie. Um, that was like the one that fell, that uh, Boogie fouled out with, right? And then it was like an and one and kind of sealed the game for the Thunder in a close stretch. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a really good one, and that was the first, that was Boogie's like second or third game with New Orleans, right? Yes, 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 yes. And, and he, had, uh, he had the one he had the one over Capella as well earlier oh, in the year. That was that was glorious. The lefty. What's what do you got for cutest couple? Okay, so I picked Victor Oladipo and Jeremy Grant because um, I think an underrated story on this team is that they were really close buddies growing up. They've, you know, Victor's kind of talked about how the three of the, well, Victor, Jeremy, and Jerry and Jer- Jeremy's brother all kind of were raised in the same household and like, you know, playing basketball growing up together, dreamed of the NBA. And how, how cool is that? That Victor and Jeremy are here in the same locker room in the NBA Um I just, I just, uh, I really like stories like that and um, to have the two of them together. It was also really cute in uh, exit interviews when we asked Victor how we, how we can get Jeremy to participate in the dunk contest and Vic's like, I got to do it with him. <laughs> well, Vic, Vic had his chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Who'd you I'm, put? I'm going, uh, I'm going with the really obvious one. Yeah. 
So I, I was de- – I'll say I was deciding between – I kind of wanted to say Russell Westbrook and uh, – uh, Spalding. And Kevin oh. Owen Spalding. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Westbrook and Spalding would have been good. Uh, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant would have been a solid one. That's cute. Because, like, based on get, the, based on the trope of every rom-com, like, they've gone through the trope of every rom-com, right? Yeah. Like, n- yeah. fought together, been together eight years, and then they split up and they hate each other, and now, like, Kendrick Perkins says they're talking again. And, like, they, and then they somehow end up together. And that is that is the trope of every single rom-com. So I kind of kind of thought about going with that. And I was like, nah, I don't want to get murdered by somebody by picking that. <laughs> so, 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 so I'm going, uh... I'm going with the obvious, and I'm just going to say Cantor and Adams. So were you like the type of person in high school then who would vote the the obvious couple as the cutest couple, or would you pick like a low liar? Because I kind of that's what I was going for. When we I didn't like we didn't have cutest couple. You didn't? I don't think so. I don't. Oh my it. gosh, that was like you know that's a huge staple of yearbook superlatives. I feel like. Yeah, it kind of is, but we didn't have that. No couples at Fred's high school. Yeah. <laughs> no couples are discriminatory. Not allowed. Mm-hmm. Not allowed. We we didn't we didn't have cutest. I don't think we had cutest couple. I don't remember it. And I actually was looking through my yearbook like relatively recently, and I didn't. Although I didn't look through every single thing. Did you bring? You brought your yearbook from New York to Oklahoma City with you? Yeah. You don't <laughs> have you don't have your yearbooks anymore. No, they're at my house in California. Well, like, not all of us have two homes, Nikki. <laughs> I okay okay I'll just I'll just I live in Oklahoma I have a I have an apartment in Oklahoma and that's how I live now no you know my stuff is at my apartment in Oklahoma you have them because you totally like leafing through the pages and fondly reading over people's comments from high school and just giving yourself a little morale boost when you need it no comment (laughs) maybe maybe I have them because of my uh my hags theory okay we need to address this big time. So Hags, right? One of the best yearbook uh, things that you would write for someone you really didn't like. You know, I would always write like my besties long, long notes. So I was definitely one of those girls. Oh, but like, I'm sure but you like did. when like someone I didn't know that well, I'd be like, actually, I'd, I'd be like, I'd write it out. Have a great summer. Have a good summer. Uh, see you in the fall. You know, I would never put my number or anything like that. But you think that you have some pioneering role in hags. Well, I've acknowledged now that I don't. Okay. But But can you explain this theory? There was just – it's not as much a theory as is. There was just a time in my life where I was totally certain that I invented hags. That is – I told this to you when you first told this to me. That is so egotistical. Like (laughs) – I just thought I did. I thought, I think I did. What I think is, I think I did genuinely come up with it, but I didn't make it into a thing. I think I came up with it and then I realized it was already a thing. Okay, Fred. That's what I think did happen. I think you should change your Twitter bio to Fred Katz, I pioneered hags. I didn't pioneer it, but I did come up with it on my own. It had just already been come up with. Okay. All right. It's not, it's not that tough to come up with. People always say what's what's great about it is the ambiguity of it. You don't know if you're te- if someone's telling you to have a good summer or have a great summer. Yeah. Or or have a god awful summer. Yeah. You exactly. just never know. So it's just hags. It's just Wait. have a summer, really. 
Yeah, have a summer, and not you know I'll take a summer. I'll I'll take hags and some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really care if someone wishes me to have a good summer. I'm going to have a good summer. I don't That's, need I don't need your wishes. You're darn right, Fred Katz. Most likely to improve. I guess normally it's most likely to succeed, but if you're in the yeah. NBA, you've probably succeeded. So we're changing this one to most likely to improve. What do you What do you got for most likely to improve? I went I went with Domas. Um, I I think you know he kind of had maybe a little bit of a, a frustrating rookie campaign, but I think if you can start, uh, or if he can start working on things that, you know, the controllables, um, he's, he's going to be able to take a greater leap next season, or you'd hope so. I also, what do you think about him potentially being a passer out of the post, kind of like what Ennis was doing earlier this season. Like, what do you think about him developing that part of the game? Cause he's good at pa- like, he's got a high passing IQ. I think and- more likely than him passing out of the post is him passing out of pick and rolls. Oh, okay. Like, uh, like, like how he was doing in that Minnesota game where, where Westbrook sat, uh, game 81 of the year, the one that Vic hit the game winner. And yeah, I yeah. think that the way they used him in that game, he was on the perimeter and he was going, you know, he was going multiple dribbles at the time, you know. He would go from the perimeter. He would go two dribbles as opposed to one dribble. Like actually having some amount of uh, confidence and, and, and stability in dribbling the ball. He was kicking out to corner shooters. He, whether they were assists or not, he was finding guys in the flow of the offense. I, I think that is kind of the more uh, – whoa, dog alert. I yeah, think- my, my roommate and his girlfriend – leave the dogs with me when I'm at home. And so uh, they're, they're yapping. Um, it one is a Bijan Freese and his name is Ace and he is white, very white. And his, when my roommate washes his hair and like blow dries it, he's got like the puffball like uh, hair and he's, this dog has some attitude, I'm telling you. But, you know, I was raised in a house of golden retrievers. So the little dogs aren't necessarily like, um, I mean, I love dogs, but, but the little ones are, are something else. Yeah. Well, I don't remember what we were talking about now. Oh, uh, we were, we were talking about Domas and. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the way that they would want to use them would be something like that. But I think it's hard to use him like that, use anyone like that in an offense that has Russell Westbrook, and it's hard to just implement him like that in the second in the second unit. So I think that's kind of their their dream for what they want to do. My my most likely to improve, mm-hmm. similar vein. I went a similar route, figuring it out. Different guy, yeah. uh, Alex Abrinas. I think, yeah, I think he's going to be really good next year. I I agree with, especially like if they start using him in screens more too, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh-huh. And he just has to sharpen up that defense. But he has he has the – would you liken him to – closer to a J.J. Redick or a Wesley Matthews? Redick. Why? Uh, I think their defense is more comparable. They're both, like, slender. Like, Wes Matthews is – Wes Matthews is a lot stronger. Uh-huh. Wes Matthews is really strong. He's got a really strong lower body. Uh, he posts up pretty well. Um, and – He's not quite running off screens as much. Uh, okay. And obviously, defensively, they're very different. Uh, but but I would say Redick. I think if you watch the way he played in Barcelona, he was he was you know cutting off screens more and uh, you know he was moving a lot more off the ball than he was this year. I love when he and Westbrook run that one-two pick and roll. Yeah. He's also kind of the only guy that Russell will pass to. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I think Russell. Uh... 
maybe that can be something Russell can can improve on is uh well I wouldn't say improve on I I mean it's 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 the whole you know trusting the teammates conversation but um Alex has proven that he doesn't shy away from big moments I mean that guy is confident and uh that's what you want and I think Russell recognizes that yeah yeah no that's Lord knows he is confident (laughs) that is that is a true thing he is a remarkably confident human being. Uh, I think he's going to be really good next year. Like, I think I would not be shocked if he was starting at some point next year. I that would, makes sense. I, uh, I he's a I really good that. he's a really good shooter. Like, he was forty two percent after what was it December twenty first. He had that huge game against the Orleans, so right before Christmas, and after that, he shot forty two percent from three. And I think he's going to shoot that on a higher volume. Billy Donovan should be getting him more minutes because he wasn't consistently getting enough minutes this year. And if he gets 25 minutes a game next year, whether it's off the bench, whether it's, you know, with the starters, whether it's with majority bench units, majority starter units, whatever it is, like, he's going to contribute a lot. I, I think he's going to be really good next year. I I um, agree with you on that one. He'd, he'd be uh, in my voting ballot as well. What you got for best nickname? Okay, so I went with Samaj as the best nickname because um for everyone So did I <laughs> okay, great. Because as um maybe not all listeners know, his real name is Samaj. It is spelled S E M A J. Um and they call him and, and most people have taken up by calling him Samaj because Billy Donovan does. Um his teammates too I want to say I know they they reference him as Maj for sure yeah and um I remember Billy was was uh leaving scrum after he had said Samaj and and he kind of looks at us he goes that's that's his nickname I was like okay is that his nickname or is that just because no one just know how to pronounce his name yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and then they played it off as that was his nickname but that which led to that conversation led to my my favorite like comment from a beat writer about a player all year, which was when Brett Dawson then said, uh, like they were, we were, we were talking about like Samaj is not the nickname for Samaj when Samaj is spelled Samaj. And then, <laughs> and, then and like, it's, it's spelled the same way. How do you spell, how do you spell Samaj and how do you spell Samaj? S E M A J, both of them, same spelling, same thing. And so, uh, Brett said, yeah, that's like me saying the nickname for Brett is Brett with one T. (laughs) (laughs) It's so so ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. I also am a little confused by Domas' nickname because it's like they just took out, like, some of the letters towards the end. I think that actually is the nickname for Domantas, though. Oh, okay. Fair enough. It's like Fred to Frederick. Oh, got, got it. But I mean, I was just like, maybe why not Dom or, you know, but you know, it, who am I to go questioning nicknames? I like Domas. It's easier to say, uh, when you're trying to rattle off highlights and stuff. So, um, but I, I, the Samaj one get, gets me every time. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. I love it. I love it. We both went that incredibly <laughs> yeah. weird. Because uh, also, he also, he also has the, the second best nickname as well. What's that? Backward James. Oh yes. Yeah. Who brought that? Who brought that to someone's attention? Stephen Adams. <laughs> of course, it was Stephen Adams. Yes, he's just reading right to left now. 
Yep. He's reading in Hebrew. Yep. Uh, best quote, speaking of Stephen Adams. Um, oh, man. He, he is fantastic. I went for a specific quote. Um, so did I. Okay. When, when Russell said that's cute early in the season, uh, after Eric Horn read him like a verbatim, a verbatim situation, uh, he read him the verbatim Kevin Durant deal, right? Yeah. And, and Russell said, that's cute. I just, I, I giggled really hard. I, 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 that one's, uh, pretty legendary on this season for me, but, uh, if you're about to bring up something Stephen Adams says, I'm I'm excited for that. So my favorite quote, it is something Stephen Adams said. This one is a lot lighter of a situation. Uh-huh. A lot less famous of a situation. Because there were three people there and it was after <laughs> a, a random game in Dallas. But it made me so happy because it was so funny. The background here, and I know you know this, but our listeners may not. Stephen Adams loves loves jokes about the male genitalia. Like, just loves it. Just thinks they're hilarious. <laughs> that's that's the way to win win over the big kiwi. Yep, yep. Just thinks they are so funny. And and has made, like, this is not a me betraying off the record stuff. Like, Stephen Adams yeah. has made four, I think it's four. It's either three or four uh, dick jokes on the record, like, in a scrum into many people's recorders or TV cameras or whatever, like multiple just this year. There's no shame in that. My favorite Stephen Adams, my favorite quote ever from any athlete ever is from Stephen Adams, but it was last year. So it doesn't count. Okay. Would have been in last year's yearbook. But do you, do you know the one about Canner that he said to Slater uh, last April? Um, Remind me. He said, he said some good stuff about it. So Ennis. last year, last year, Canner had a game at the end of the year last year, Canner had a game where he went 12 for 13 from the field. Uh-huh. And, uh, Slater asked him about it. And Adams like then said like, Oh, what do you shoot? Like asked him about the game. And Adams was like, he was great. Blah, blah, blah. He says, and then, uh, Slater said like, well, it was 12 for 13. And Adams just kind of makes a face like, Whoa. And he goes, Ooh, swinging at the knees. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, I love that. And I'm pretty sure too at uh, media me, Thunder Media Day at the beginning of the season when they were all taking photos, he was making a very um, pointed effort to say Ennis when saying Ennis's name, and I that's not something he normally does. So I kind of think he was doing that, you know, a little mockery too. But yeah, that guy, yeah. Okay, so that that is not my quote. Because okay, was last okay. Year. So that's just kind of the lead-in to the quote because when you hear that, it's just a little bit better. Got so it. After after that Dallas game where they were down ninety one seventy eight with two and a half minutes left and and they score fourteen straight points down the stretch and Russ hits the game winner and they win ninety two ninety one end of mm-hmm. when was it end of March? Um, it's after the game. Everyone's kind of cleared out of the locker room except for me, Brett Dawson, and Royce Young. We're kind of waiting on Steven. We're interviewing Steven. It's just the three of us, and we got our recorders there. And we're talking to Steven, and, and Steven says, you know, this win really puts some lead in. Ooh, more sorry, dog. sorry. <laughs> I'm behind a, I'm behind a closed door. That dog yaps, I'm telling you. So Steven says, this this win really put some win in the pencil. and Or some put some lead in the pencil. And we all looked at each other immediately like, lead in the pencil? What is what is that? And we were like, no, Stephen. So we're all obviously immediately thinking like, Stephen, is, this is some sort of reference to something. Uh-huh. And uh, 
and we look and obviously we look at each other like this is an immediate follow up question. And and Royce says, What is that? Lead in the and Steven said, Lead in the pencil and Royce said, Oh, I thought you said lead in the pants and then he looks at he looks right at Royce and he says, Well the pencil's in the pants, bro. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Yeah, so he's he, he said on the record, just on the record, into our recorders, and we all immediately tweeted out because we were so excited to say that Steven Adams just said that a win got him erect. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is is that 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 um metaphor came so naturally to him. Like, you know, like have you ever used lead in the pencil? No. No, no exactly. Exactly. The, the pencil's in the pants, bro. The, obviously. I love obviously. that. I love that. I thought it was so... Is He has no filter, and he's so... He's he's genuinely funny. Some NBA players are funny because... Of their... Because yes. of their status. You know, they're in the NBA, and people are... There's always that awkward laugh in the yeah. scrum, you know? Like, people are just laugh at something that's not funny at all. Yeah. But Steven is incredibly funny. And I think that's, I mean, he's he's a pretty well-read guy. He's really intelligent from what I gather. And also, yeah, if, he you, is. if you look at, like, who he follows on Twitter, it's all, like, science, science stuff. So I think he... He wanted he, to be an astronaut when he was growing up. Oh, so that, there we go. He mm-hmm. loves space and he loves pencils. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next one. Okay. Uh most likely to return as faculty. I got this one. All right, let's go, Fred. Uh, well, no, I was saying I got this oh, one. Oh, you got this one. Oh, but got but I think I think the answer is kind of obvious. Yeah, but it's, I I it's want Nick a little. Collison. Okay, well, I want a little creative with mine. I said Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, uh, sure, I'll allow it. But okay, he, thanks. Even though he's like in past yearbooks. Yeah, that's yeah. like that's like the senior who graduated in 2012, getting in the you know 2016 yearbook. Okay, fair. It comes back for the victory lap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, Nick, Nicholas Collison. Uh, <laughs> Nicholas Collison. <laughs> Good old Saint Official. Nick. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I think uh, anyone in Oklahoma City, anyone who's a Thunder fan, would be overjoyed to see Nick Collison sitting on the Thunder bench and uh, not necessarily in a jersey. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying it's. It's definitely going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he could be front office too. But like, yeah, he's he's definitely most likely to return yes. his faculty. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, who you got most likely to win the lottery and lose the ticket? Okay, so I had a little bit of trouble with this one, but I I definitely thought like for me Samaj because we've definitely addressed with him before his kind of lack of expression. Right? Like, so, or lack of showing emotion, I guess. So after he hits that, you know, the, the one to break the record in Denver, the three for, off of Russell's assist, um, you know, he's kind of back in the locker room after and he's got kind of like a little grin on his face and like, you know, he's like, oh yeah, you know, it was a good moment. And so for me, I just imagined him being like, oh yeah, I, w- I won the lottery. Oh yeah, I lost the ticket. No, you know, like n- no face, no, uh, not faced at all. Okay, that's Who'd fair. You put? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a stretch, but I honestly kind of struggled with that N- one. N- NS. <laughs> yeah, he would also be very happy go lucky either yeah. way. He'd be like, "This is unbelievable," <laughs> yeah. and then and then he'd he'd lose the ticket. 
Yes, and then he'd be like, this is unbelievable. He'd be like really cheery even after he lost the ticket. Yeah. He'd be like, well, at least I won. Nobody gets to win. Yeah. <laughs> I may not get the prize, but how many people get the winning ticket anyway? Yeah, He'd be like the, super cheery and positive. Anyway. Yeah, doing the little shoulder grin. It'd be unbelievable either way. Yeah, exactly. He loves the word unbelievable. I do too. <laughs> I love I love that Ennis loves it. Yes, yes. Um, then we got most likely to go pro in another sport. Okay, um, I went Steven Adams, and he's going to be a water polo player in this alternate universe I've constructed. Oh, yeah, he'd be good at that. I, I love his... Although it'd be hard for him not to stand in that shallow pool, though. Okay, Fred, have you ever seen a game of water polo in real life? Yeah, I actually love water polo. You, it's my you, favorite summer Olympic sport, no joke. The pool is so deep, you don't they you don't stand. It's well, like a it's no, like a that sem- was that was that was a joke about being oh, really tall, right? Yes, Get yes. Okay. Oh, fair on. enough. Come on. All right, sorry, was it? I didn't give you any credit. Also, I just love it when he does those one handed pass like bullet passes that he just chucks across the court and I'm like, put him in a pool. Make him tread water. He's extremely physical. Yes. Yes, that would be that would People be. People don't realize how physical water polo is. You have to be so tough to play water polo. It's like all the all the like physicality that gets attributed to hockey. It's very comparable to that in water polo, and like it's underwater too, so you don't see it. And these guys are like treading water, swimming, sprint swimming. And like passing a ball and trying to score. I mean, and they're they're uh, they're beating each up on uh, uh, beating each other up under the surface too. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. It's a great sport. It's extremely fun to watch. Yes, everyone, it's, plug for water polo. Yeah, no, it's it's. I watch it once every four years. I watch it for two weeks every four years, and I always love watching it in the Summer Olympics. I think it, it's I think it's so much fun to watch. It is fabulous. I I grew up where like, you know, out here you're in some states where high school football is huge. Like my in my hometown, it was water polo. So definitely, definitely got a a close love for that sport. Uh, I went Jeremy Grant in uh, pole vaulting. Yes. Oh my gosh, that would be so awesome. (laughs) I was deciding between the high jump and pole vaulting. No, pole vaulting for sure. But, like, yeah, the, the the high jump, like, he doesn't have the highest vertical in the NBA. Yeah. Like, but I feel like with his, like, upper body strength and, like, his speed and then just, like, I, his leaping ability as well, he could he could probably propel himself pretty well on the pole vault. Right now I have in my mind, like, this image of his full length, like, those limbs just – bending with the pole he'd be like one with the pole and then just it'd be so magnificent man good call he would enjoy pole vaulting yes he loves to jump maybe he wanted to fly maybe that was what his dream was growing up because that that guy that guy can can get i know you said he doesn't have the highest vertical but yeah he he's a jumper oh i mean it's one of the highest it's got to be yeah. I don't know what his – do you know what his vertical was at the Combine? I have no idea. No. Um, are you Googling it right now? I do know – um, Can you hear me I, typing? Yes. Um, I thought you were doing a Rubik's Cube over there, but, you know. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm calling up Draft Express right now. I, I And also look up his wingspan because I rem- that's one thing I've looked at, and I think it's within inches of Dwight Howard's. Uh, 
It's seven two and and three quarters, according to the twenty fourteen combine. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And oh, he didn't do the vertical there. Oh, he didn't. Well, maybe we can ask him if he can do it. Yeah. <laughs> you just ask him what his vertical is. Yeah. Ask me, Jeremy. Can you do and it? then and then he'll say it, and we'll be like, prove it. Yeah. <laughs> do a vertical. Uh, it doesn't seem to have it. Let's see if they got a. Uh... No, they don't have any any sort of estimation for his vertical on. On NBADraft.net either. Uh, the sites are... Letting us down. Seriously letting us down. So we got nothing. We have no idea what Jeremy Grant's vertical is. Shoot. It's probably very high. Yes. That's what we can officially say. Very okay. High. Officially unofficial. Uh, <laughs> this, one, <laughs> this one I think we just did so we could make one yeah. very specific joke and move on. Yes. Best, best photographer. <laughs> oh, I wonder who. Also, I loved that outfit and uh you want to you want to explain it for your listeners i mean anyone who might not be aware that russell westbrook wore a photographer outfit the first time they played golden state to mock kevin durant and yes. uh and then denied as to why he was wearing the photographer outfit yes and it was it, he wore all white with a that neon orange vest it was i it was a Great troll. And, uh, I, I mean, I, it almost makes it better that he just denied it. <laughs> yep. Totally denied it. Uh, it was ridiculous. It was like the Celtics. Okay. The Celtics wearing all black to game six. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, totally denying that they did it. Like, Isaiah Thomas played off like it was a coincidence. <laughs> oh, yeah. We all just, we all just wore all black That was for fun. so, that was so lame. Yeah, that was, it, it was. If you're gonna wear, first of all, I kind of think the all black thing is overplayed. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't really respect the move. I mean, yeah, that's just me as but, a, a sports spectator. But whatever. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, fine. Like I'm, I'm all for trash talk and and like fun gamesmanship as long as it's appropriate and within bounds. And obviously, that's well within the realm of appropriate yeah. and within bounds. But that was. Just like own it, like who yeah, do you think yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Fooling. What are you doing? Like why? I, and that was the thing with Russell, with the photographer. Where I was like, why? Why are you just like? I, I'm standing there asking him questions, like why are you? So, so can you explain to me why you're wearing this? And then he, and then he said, and he says to me, well, you know, I was in Barcelona, and a young lady gave me the vest, and, and I was like, and there's nothing. I was like, there's no other motivation for you wearing this. Nothing. And then it's like, nope, there's nothing. I wear what I want to wear. Oh my yeah. gosh. I know. Just I know. You're, it, man. Th- that is, that is. A, but that's how Russell operates. That yeah. is how Russell operates. I actually thought the Celtics thing was a little bit, um, was a little bit lamer because it was a whole team. Yeah, as opposed exactly. to just like, and Russell's just kind of always going to be Russell. And maybe that's, that's unfair for me to say like, well, cause he's always like this. I expect him to be like it. But the Celtics, I was just kind of. I really like Isaiah Thomas. I really, really like him. I think he seems like an awesome guy, and he's obviously a tremendous player, and he's incredibly fun to watch. I was just, I was, I was a little disappointed. I say, like, if you're going to do it, just, just own, it, own man. it. You yeah. lost, you lost, you did it, and you lost. Just own, own, own that you did it, and and move on. No one's going to care in 48 hours anyway. But yeah, it was. That was lame to me that they then just kind of played. Nope, coincidence. We all wore black. I don't know why we all wore black. Exactly. Like if, if you put yourself out there to make that statement, keep yourself accountable to it, you know, but that, yeah. and I, and I agree with you. Like I kind of 
take the uh, the expectation off of Russell to admit to it because just of how he operates with media and, you know, expressing how he truly feels or about certain things. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Also, like, what's the point of doing yeah. it? My, my, my other thing is, like, I don't understand the point of doing it if you're not going to say it. Well, I do think that uh, just like uh, maybe uh, Kyrie has figured out, there is something to be said about how the media can take to take wildfire to certain images or statements. Oh, please. The earth Kyrie, is flat. No, Kyrie believes the earth is flat. Do you really think he's a truther? Okay, two things. Number one, I I do. And, okay. and num- number two, because he never actually said that he wasn't. He said it was some sort of grand media experiment. Yeah. Which, like, secondly, I'm not just sitting here and saying media is not flawed and the media doesn't blow things up. But, like, guess what? When someone says the world is flat, what are we supposed to do? Like, our job. I, that, is, that is very true. <laughs> like, just be like, no, 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 Kyrie Irving thinks the world's flat. Cool. So that, that's the opposite of what our job is. Okay, Kyrie so then, thinks the world is flat. We're gonna report that Kyrie Irving thinks the world is flat. All right, so I that that is completely fair. Here's an, here's another maybe counterpoint example. Do you think what Andre Iguodala did what, with the whole kind of a slavery deal references and Steve Kerr? Do you think that was uh, just because he felt like taking the media for a ride, like? What, what was that about? Because I don't really get that sense from either him or Kerr that there's feelings of, like, animosity, but I don't know. No, no, and, and apparently it was later kind of cleared up that he wasn't uh, referring to Kerr. He was referring to the league. Um, oh, okay. And I, I know there, there are a lot of people who are uh, smarter than me who had a lot of opinions on that. I don't know. That yeah. that was something I wasn't sure about because I don't I don't know Andre Iguodala. Sorry. So that's that's kind of hard for me to say. Like I don't I don't know I don't know Andre Iguodala. So yeah. I, he's obviously a smart guy. Uh, yeah. But that was I don't know that was that was that was a tough situation for I think that's a really tough situation to evaluate from afar. I think you kind of have to know him and you have to talk to him about that situation and really kind of find out what it was. I know Mark Spears wrote an interesting piece about that and. There were some other really good pieces uh, locally written about that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good question. I don't know, though. I think with Iguodala, the one specifically, I think you kind of have to know what Iguodala was going at because he's a complex guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But Kyrie thinks the world is flat. Okay. Well, probably. But it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a truther. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. So, best person to be stranded on a desert island with. Um, definitely Steven Adams. And I even, he's even referenced before last year. I think it was like game five, the Mavs, uh, in, in round one against the Mavs. And someone asked about like, you know, what's the dangerous of Dallas being, you know, kind of backed in a corner must win situation for them. And Steven's like, well, have you ever faced an animal trapped in a corner before? while you're trying to like hunt it, something, something along those lines or like, have you ever seen an animal caged before? He's like, I have. And, uh, that's what Dallas is going to be like tonight. So, um, I lends me to think with his camo and his, uh, maybe hunting expertise. I could, I could stand to benefit and endless laughter. 
I could stand to benefit from uh, Steven Adams being on the island as well. So I think Steven Adams is the most obvious pick. Yes. I think he'd be good because I think he'd also probably like stay – he'd be a good guy to have with you kind of mentally. Like I feel like yeah. he'd probably stay positive and he's tough. But I also think that Steven Adams eats so much that it might be – Oh, tough. shoot. It, he might take all your food and or might just not be Or he'd like enough. eat the person. Yeah. Yeah. Like just to fuel him might not take – so my, my, my guy is Taj Gibson. Oh, man. Wise Taj, yeah. Very, very resourceful. Natural leader. Uh, He's very smart. I feel like he would be able to, like, figure out how to, like, build shelter and the best spots on the island to do it and the best ways to find food. Like, I feel like, like, Stephen might be able to, like, take down, like, a wild boar with his bare hands. But, like, Taj Gibson would be able to, like, figure out the best creeks where you can fish the most easily. Oh like my I, gosh, I'm I'm going I, I'm going with that like veteran leadership and Taj Gibson. You know I'm changing mine to Nene. I'm taking Nene. <laughs> <laughs> Nene is a good one. Yeah. I would a hundred percent pick Nene if I could. Yeah, I'd a hundred percent pick Nene. Uh, best best moment. Okay, best moment. Last of the one season. here. Last one here. Make oh it good. shoot. For me, one of the best moments was the first game the Warriors came to Chesapeake Energy Arena and Russell looks at Kevin and yells, I'm coming. And yeah, they lost, but I loved watching that. I could watch that over and over again. And uh, just... Like that was speculated to be their first time exchanging words or first time Russell talked to Kevin and um, that if, having having seen that I I will not soon forget. What about you? Okay, do you know um, do you know do you know what an anti joke is? Yes. Okay, so like Norm Macdonald is famous for his anti jokes, right? Yes. And I, I've made, I've said this to people before. I don't remember if I said it on the podcast already. So oh shoot. Excuse, excuse me if you're a dedicated listener and have heard me give this spiel twice and you know where I'm going to go now. Anyway, Norm MacDonald is like most famous for his anti-jokes and he tells these long anti-jokes, which is basically, uh, I can't expect everyone to know what that is. It's basically just when he goes on like Google Norm MacDonald moth joke, which is so funny. Uh, but he goes on this thing for this kind of spiel for, uh, four and a half, five minutes where, you know, he talks about, you know, you invite the moth, you know, a moth goes into a, a doctor's office and, and says, you know, and, and then he just has this ridiculous dialogue between the moth and the doctor. And you have no idea where the joke is going. And it seems like he's just having a completely normal conversation between this moth character and the doctor. And then you get to the punchline five minutes later when the joke could have been, you know, the joke could have been, 20 seconds long because it's just a normal setup and he adds all of this ridiculous conversation in between. And that's kind of what an anti-joke is. Okay. This season to me was kind of a Norm Macdonald anti-joke. So Kevin Durant leaves. Yes. And then the whole narrative, the whole number one narrative for the season is the Thunder without Kevin Durant and the Thunder fans hating Kevin Durant. And how are they going to welcome Kevin Durant back when he comes back and they come back and then they finally get to the point where he he's coming back in February. And there's this whole narrative about tribute videos 
and whether they should give them a tribute video and they don't give them a tribute video and it's because it's their team policy. They've never given anyone a tribute video and they're not giving Kevin Durant a tribute video. And then a month and a half later, when they come back again on March, I think it was March 20th, there's the furious and bewildered thing where Chris Haynes of ESPN reports that Warriors, people inside the Warriors are are furious and bewildered that there was no tribute video for Kevin Durant. And then we finally get to the end of the season, less than a month later, and what do they do in the last game of the season? The last game of the season, they give a tribute video to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and that, that to me, was the best moment because I was like, this is the conclusion of the Norm MacDonald anti-joke, that they, they gave a tribute video to Russell Westbrook on the Oscar Robertson thing. And I thought that was hilarious. And uh, somewhat self-unaware, after they've been saying all year they don't give tribute videos, it's not our policy, and then the last day of the year they made a tribute video for Oscar Robertson and Russell Westbrook. But I I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, and I I know Thunder fans didn't take it as a troll move, but man, that was a troll move. That is a very uh, subtle sucker punch, right? Oh, I didn't think it was subtle at all. Oh, see, and and see, I didn't even realize, like you said, self-unaware, I didn't realize the irony there either. All year, the whole narrative this year was tribute videos, and they were like, we don't give tribute videos, our team policy. Last day of the year, what are we doing? Russell Westbrook tribute video. Fair enough, fair enough. But did you at least enjoy the video? It was fine. It was a video. I feel like (laughs) your take on this is the New Yorker and you. Like being cynical. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, look, I, I'm not saying that their motivation was yeah. to control it. I don't believe that. I think their motivation was Russell just had an amazing season and, and you know, Oscar Robertson is coming and Oscar Robertson is the game. So let's do a, a, a video for, for Oscar and Russell just, you know, clinched the triple-double average and he broke Oscar's triple-double, you know, record for most of the season. So let's do a video for it. That yeah. was their logic. Yeah. But like – that was a, that's what a tribute video is. <laughs> yes, yes. That was a tribute video. It's exactly what it was. You can look it up online. I don't see how it's any different from a tribute video. That was but, a tribute video. Well, and have they ever said they don't do tribute videos for former players? Like, or is it just for yeah. for I mean, they don't do tribute videos? I'm sure. Point blank. I'm sure if they that would be their response. Yeah, you know, they don't do them for incoming. For incoming players. But their whole thing is always, they don't do tribute videos. It's a blanket policy. It's a team policy. And then they do one for Russell. And I just, I thought that was. That, I can't believe hilarious. that was your best moment of the year. Brad. It was like, so funny. I'm disappointed in you. But you know what? <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Was, because I you like it. watching moth jokes. And damn straight. Stay, and staying inside. Because you know why? Because you know why it was my best? Because. Starting about two months before, I started making jokes to Royce. Uh-huh. Like, in February, I was like, wouldn't it be great if Russell averaged triple-double and they did a tribute video to him at the end of the year? And Royce and I just kind of turned it into a joke. Like, it would be so funny if they did a tribute video for Russ at the end of the year. That would be, like, the ultimate troll move. And then they did a tribute video for Russ. So that was, like, your hot take coming into fruition, and you just felt like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> No, that's fair. That's fair. I, I give it to you. Um, but it was I, I, I'm, I'm for it, man. I, I want, I want the troll moves. I think they're hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do enjoy all, tr- all trolling. Uh, okay. I, I think it's funny too, that the NBA had to address it with a memo for, for, for team social media accounts. Right. Isn't that what they did? Like after, uh, Sacramento did the, the Cleveland 
Deal? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's getting awesome. off topic, I understand, but it was still awesome. Well, then, did you see the exchange between the Sacramento and Hawks official Twitter accounts the next day? Oh, no. What was that? It was incredible. It was them just profusely complimenting each other during their game. Like That's really funny. It was so, – you got to look it up. It was so okay. hilarious. It was so hilarious. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. All right. We are out, we are out of your okay. book stuff. Oh, you're out of your book stuff. Such Wait. a great year in reflection. <laughs> ending ending on a on a on a negative note of me of me poking fun at everybody. But yeah. It's I, okay. I don't care. Uh what do you got what do you got to plug? You have anything that you need the people to know? Oh shoot. Well, um my name's Nikki K. It's been great to finally have a voice on Locked On. <laughs> man, oh man. No, but uh yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Nikki K. That's K-A-Y and uh, K-F-O-R. Sorry. I just really botched my own Twitter handle. (laughs) At Nikki K. Try it again. Okay. I'm going to spell it out. At Nikki K. K K-F-O-R. So I'm not going to spell it out. That's it. Um, And, uh, yeah, uh, look for me harassing Fred on Twitter. Um, I I tend to side with Team Houston on the the off chance that uh, there's – there's things going on between them, but, um, yeah, th- Fred, Fred, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, it, it, it happened. <laughs> it, it happened. It's Episode two Oh one, baby. Yeah. It took 201 times. Pretty <laughs> uh, you can remember I'm on every weekday. Oh no, I'm not on every weekday. That's an old, <laughs> that's an old thing. I'm on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we'll be back. This is Tuesday episode. I will be back on Thursday. Uh, and you can head out to iTunes, subscribe to locked on thunder. I'm still there. Uh, if you have questions, comments, email LockedOnThunder at gmail.com or find me on Twitter at Fred Katz. I will do a better job giving my handle. F-R-E-D-K-A-T-Z. Log on to NormanTranscript.com for all your Thunder needs. And check out Thunder Road to follow team coverage. What's next for the Thunder there? Doing uh, player evaluations. Did, did the wings last week. I'm doing the big men this week. And then the guards are next week. Thursday's episode is going to be a player evaluation episode as well that's going to be uh just an episode going over last thursday i did all the all the five wings that i that i picked and this week i'm doing five bigs next week next thursday i'll be doing five guards but upcoming this thursday i'm going to be doing uh the big men and talking about those five guys until then locked on thunder is locking up